I've always hated the question, where are you from? And I know you've probably heard that in a lot of different places before, but it doesn't change how exhausting it feels to look that person in the eye and try and gauge what they mean by it. Are they asking because of my accent, the color of my skin, or is it genuine curiosity, solidarity? Like, hey, I see your story is complex. Let's talk about it. And I have different answers for different people, depending on what I see in those eyes. The where are you from that's a disguised where are you really from gets a defiant right here, mate, I'm as British as the Queen. The people who ask with less accusation might get, well, my mom's from the UK and my dad's from Burkina Faso, but I've moved around a lot. But only people who look like they have a lot of time on their hands get the, well, I was born in Burkina Faso and I lived there until I was five. And then I moved to Holland for six years before coming to the UK. And then I decided to go to a hippie school in Costa Rica for two years. And then I went to university in the States and hung out there for a while. But I'm in London now. That answer tends to get rolled out less frequently. I know, I know. You're like, what? Slow down. Why have you moved around so much? Who even are you? Well... I'm one of a new type of hybrid human. You might have seen us around. We're those ethnically ambiguous people that supposedly slay on Tinder. We're that white dude talking rapid Japanese to their mom on the train. We're the new fusion restaurant that opened up around the corner from you. We are professional identity jugglers, walking the line between cultures, breaking boundaries and defying stereotypes. Our passports are filled with stamps, Our mouths are filled with languages and our hearts are torn between places and people and we are always asking ourselves, who am I? I'm Naima Sakande and this is Third Culture. It's last December 2015, and my little brother Abby and I have just arrived in Ouagadougou, the capital of Burkina Faso. Often people have only heard of Burkina Faso from trivia night at the local pub or aggressive sporkle addictions, but it's the vibrant landlocked country in West Africa where I was born and where the whole of my dad's side of the family is from. Wow, that's a Shiva cricket. (laughs) (laughs) It's been two years since I was last here and Abby hasn't been in even longer. So it's been really fun surprising our friends and families. (laughs) I love that feeling you get when you land in a foreign country. That little jolt of excitement that builds in your tummy. But landing in Ouagadougou is always different. It's special. When the plane touches down, people often clap and cheer, excited to be home. When you step out of the plane doors, a wall of muggy heat envelops you, and I feel like my whole body relaxes. And the smell, oh man, I don't even know if I can describe the smell. It's this perfume of red dust, underpinned with something earthy and old and spiced. I sometimes stick my nose into the clothes I bring back because they always carry a small hint of that smell with them. And you know you've left Europe. In the arrivals hall, the ceiling fans that work circle lazily overhead as you stand in a jumbled mass in front of immigration. Cues are irrelevant and the officers take their sweet time to process everyone. 
When I finally face the immigration officer, he barely bothers to flick to my visa once he's read my name. In Burkina, you can tell a lot from someone's name, their religion, their tribe. My name, Naima, is Muslim, and Sakande tells him I'm from the Mossi tribe. He looks at me and says, Bon arrivé, welcome, and waves Abby and I through without asking questions. I'm home. Ish. My parents met in Burkina Faso in the late 80s. My mum, Valerie, had finished her master's in public health in the UK and was put in charge of a research project in Burkina. I should tell you that my parents have been divorced for quite a few years now, but I've always been fascinated by the early days of their relationship. How did my mom, this fiery, driven Brit, and my dad, a principled, ambitious Bukinabe, make this work? Well, it wasn't without bumps. There were cultural differences, like my dad didn't believe in public displays of affection, which my mom thought was normal for a couple. And my dad's family weren't exactly big on the idea of my mom being on the scene. They had a picture of what his life would look like, and it didn't include this random British lady. I had always assumed my arrival had been somewhat scandalous. I was the first mixed-race child on both sides of the family. And don't get me wrong, there was no feud or dramatic scenes about the honour of the family, but it was a shock when it turned out my mum was pregnant with me. I know it's a really common thing to want your child or your sibling to stay close, especially in their choice of partner. And while I find that view quite narrow, I can appreciate that my mom must have represented a deep unknown. She was from a culture they didn't understand and had never seen or experienced. She had a level of privilege and opportunity that gave her real power of a kind most 20-something women did not have in Burkina. She was white and from a Christian family. I guess in some ways I'm lucky the power of cute babies prevailed. Once I was born, my family jumped on board. Despite everything, blood was blood. We didn't stay in Burkina forever. My dad got a scholarship to do his PhD in the Netherlands, so when I was five, we moved there. I remember the years in Holland being really happy ones, where I was barely aware of how unique our little family was. And we used to go back to Burkina all the time. Every summer holiday, my brother and I would be shipped off to my grandmother's compound for months of climbing mango trees and begging for rides on the back of the motorbike and pestering adults for pennies to buy sugar-coated peanuts. But I noticed that things had started to change when I turned about 12 or 13. We had moved to the UK to be closer to my mom's side of the family and because we were settling in, the trips to Burkina had stopped for a while. The summer we first returned, after perhaps three years away, was the first time I remember starting to feel alien there. I was in a new school and speaking English all the time, so my French had gotten really bad because of the lack of practice. I felt suddenly shy speaking with my family, the words tripping clumsily out of my mouth. I was all of a sudden aware that when I went with my auntie to the market, I would be stared at intensely, and I couldn't figure out why. 
That is, until small children followed me in the street, shouting, Tubabu, Tubabu, which means white person, white person, in Jula. When I asked my cousins why they would say that to me, they laughed and pointed at my skin. I insisted, but I'm not white. No one in the UK had ever considered me white. One time, when my mum and I were out shopping, a lady stopped us in the supermarket to ask if I was adopted. My brain couldn't handle that in one place I was one thing and in another the opposite. Flipping back and forth and changing races felt bizarre and untrue. On holiday in Burkina, I stopped volunteering for trips on the motorbike. I never went for walks in our neighbourhood. I hated going to the market. Instead, I stayed in my grandmother's compound, safe from all those eyes. All I desperately wanted was to fit in, to be one of the family like I had always been, to be accepted. I asked my mum what she thought was going on. This is my mum, Valerie. You know, I guess it's something that happens at, at that sort of age when you hit 10, 12 puberty, you start to get very self-conscious. Um, and, and you'd also been out of Africa for quite a long time, so when you went back again, going back for Christmas or going back for a spell and staying with, staying with the family who would then almost, would make you feel an idiot because you couldn't manage things. They would, they would tease you because you didn't know how to do stuff. And you probably took that quite badly. You wanted to be able to be like them. You wanted to be able to fit in. But actually you never were gonna fit in because you're different. I was never going to fit in because I was different. I think that's been one of my deepest fears my whole life. And I so didn't want that to be true, especially at 12. But things kept getting in the way of me fitting in. It wasn't just my race. I started to realise that the way I was treated as a young woman changed between the UK and Burkina. In our house in the UK, fairness between my brother and I was strictly policed. When the new Harry Potter book would come out and my mum refused to buy us each a copy, we drew up a schedule, splitting each day into the hours in which each of us would have custody of the book. I mean, this was serious. We had a strict rota. For chores as well. And we would chase each other around the house if that rota was violated. But in Burkina, Abby was allowed to do anything. He would skip out of the house to play football with his friends while I was expected to help clear up the dishes or wash the clothes or sweep the terrace or shell the beans or sift the flour or a million of the other tasks that women do. And my bitter complaints would change nothing. There were expectations of me that he would never have to share. And it's something that hasn't completely changed with age. Okay, panic stations. Um, my cousin uh, just asked me, uh, what are we cooking for lunch for my dad? And uh, me and my little European brain thought, you know, we've got bread, we've got baguettes, we've got a bit of cheese, you know, some peanut butter. What do you mean what's for lunch? And then I realized, of course, we're in Africa. This means a cooked lunch. And for my cousin, having my dad come home from work at midday, to bread is kind of disrespectful. So as the eldest in the house and as the girl, he obviously turned to me and said, so what are we cooking? Now, we've got some rice at home. Uh, 
Oh Christ. My heart is thinking this could be really embarrassing. My brother Abby is helping me cook. Dean, what am I supposed to do? I thought you were going to help with my stress levels. And instead, what are you suggesting? Buying a live chicken and skinning it. You're mad. Alright, we've gone to go get chicken. If my brother comes back with a live chicken, I'm gonna bloody kill him. Spoiler, he didn't come back with a live chicken. Bless him. This whole thing might not seem like such a big deal. Like, why am I freaking out so much? And it's kind of embarrassing to listen to now, especially as I'm so far away writing this in my flat in London. But being able to cook well is such a badge of belonging. My cousins would tease me all the time because the way I pounded millet was hilarious or the way I mixed the cornflour porridge was all wrong. This felt like a real test and I was flustered. But my brother wasn't. Okay, I have a question. Oh, for me? Yes, for you. You feel no stress at the proposition of having to cook a meal here on the fly? That wasn't a question, that was a statement. True or false? <laughs> Not how much do you agree? Not how much do you agree, true or false? Um, no stress at all. No stress at all, why is that, do you think? No, I mean, I'd be a little bit, but I wouldn't be overly worried. I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's Not overly worried. Do you think perhaps part of it has to do with the fact the expectation. that yeah, you're not expected to be able to cook. So if you fail, or you make something inedible, no one really cares. People laugh at me and go, "Ha, ah, you're just a boy." But I don't know, like cooking is cooking. I'm like, but what's the worst thing? In order to be sort of accepted as a functioning member of Wokinabe society and as a good daughter and just generally a good woman of twenty-four, to other people here, it's important that I can do these things. It's not necessarily important to me, insofar as you know it doesn't affect my goals in life, but it's important to me in the sense that I want my family to respect me. And if that's part of it, I feel a little bit tied in and trapped by yeah. those expectations. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I see what you're saying. But at the same time, it depends how you see it. I, I, I don't view it as being inadequate. I'm like, well, who can expect more of me? from the experiences that I've had. If you aren't good at things because you haven't grown up there, I'm like, well, that's just too bad. You know, trying to fit in is nice, but it's not worth beating yourself up if you can't fit in. Does this look normal? I don't know. Excuse What's the mental look like? I don't know. High five. I really was going to kill you if you came back with a live chicken. That'd be funny, wouldn't it? No, it wouldn't have been funny at all. Ladies and gents, this is my dad, Mokhtar. It looks like I'm doing it again. Hey! Take it again. Guess you passed, Papa. Well done. Take it again. We are in Burkina Faso. Let's just enjoy the take it again. Pule. Real take it again. Am I a real Burkina Faso woman now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Being back in Burkina sometimes feels like walking a tightrope. On the one hand, I feel pride. I take real satisfaction from being different. I'm known as the feisty one in my family, always going on about women's rights. But on the other hand, I feel deep shame. I'm not culturally fluent. 
I can't pass as a homegrown Burkinabe. And one of the things I feel really ashamed of is that I can't speak to my grandmother. Burkina used to be a French colony, which is why it's the official language, but much of the older generation never learnt it. She doesn't speak French, only local languages that I forgot when I was a toddler. Every time I'm back, I try and pick up the basics in Jula from my dad to at least be able to greet her. Okay, so I say, I say, Anisogoma, you say? I say, Somogodo. No, I skipped something. Okay. It's a greeting. Anisogoma is good morning. Mm. And Ere is peace or help or what you say, Ere. Eta mama, eto papa, eto donkey. Ah, the donkey not so good. <laughs> but this is a scene we repeat every single time I'm back. I forget Jula as soon as we leave. And the village, they are fine. I've realized how dependent I am on my dad to feel connected to Burkina. He picks us up from the airport. He knows where all my aunties and uncles live. He gets who we need to go and greet and when. He translates for us when we speak with my grandmother. He understands all the small nuances of culture that my brother and I trip up on. Abby and I recently had one of those morbid conversations where we were trying to imagine what we would do if dad died. Would we keep visiting Burkina? How connected would we stay with our family? Our conversation sort of petered out uncomfortably. But this trip, like that first alien trip when I was 12, changed things a little. When we landed in Ouagadougou and as we walked with my dad towards the car, I was really excited. Poppy! Yeah? No, seriously, met the first British Burkinabe person ever! <laughs> Apart from us. Yeah, but you did. Did you exchange? Well, I gave her my email address in the hopes that okay. she would give me hers, but she didn't. Okay. So. We had started chatting so. to this mum and her 10-year-old son in transit. I have this habit of staring a lot at other mixed-race kids when I spot them. I know it sounds creepy, but I love trying to figure out who their parents are, how they met, how comfortable they feel in their skin. The mom was British, and it turned out this was her son's first trip to Burkina. She decided it was time for him to see his other half. I felt so many things seeing them. I was elated. Abby and I were not alone. We were not the sole British Burkinabes in the world. I was so excited for this little boy to meet his family and experience this amazing country. But I also felt a real aching jealousy of the ease that his age gave him. The total lack of self-consciousness that the young enjoy, which was going to protect him against the stares and the questions and the embarrassment. She never emailed me, but somehow seeing that boy changed everything. How many of us go through life thinking we are the only ones experiencing these tensions, having these feelings? Not being alone gave me a real sense of peace. It let me grow out of some of my anxiety about being Burkinabe enough, African enough. Part of that comes from letting go and accepting that I am more comfortable in the UK. 
and that pushing to be something that I'm not isn't healthy. But I can also accept that my family is my family. This country is my country. And I feel a sense of ownership over it, but in my own way. Maybe I am never going to fit in because I am different. But maybe my deepest fear is also my greatest strength. My dad has a saying that has become a bit of a mantra to me. He always says, I am, I am. I think he sort of means it as a declaration of being, saying, I am who I am, no matter who you want me to be. So now, whenever I start doubting my credentials or whether or not I fit in, I just tell myself, I am, I am. Third Culture is produced by me, Naima Sakande, and by Martha Snow. There is a whole squad of incredible people behind this project, not least of which is Becky Aston, who has built our swanky website. Go check us out at thirdculturepodcast.org. And the talented Jackie Lee, who is our designer. Thank yous can't cut it for all the time you guys have given me for free while I build this thing. I have the best friends. Thank you. If you like the show, subscribe to us on iTunes and write a review. It really helps other people to find us. And help us spread the word. Tell your friends, your parents, your colleagues, your ex, your dentist. Or follow us on Twitter, at Third Culture Pod, and Instagram, at Third Culture Podcast. I'm making this show because I felt alone on this journey for so long. So talk to me. Have you had any similar experiences feeling alien in a place that should be home? Have you got any thoughts on this topic? Email me at thirdculturepodcast at gmail.com. That's thirdculturepodcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. Until then, stay you. <laughs>